Welcome to episode 181 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Alex Cornell. He's a designer at Facebook, currently working on Facebook Live. Uh, he's also a filmmaker, an artist, a writer, a photographer, uh, and so much Musician, more. Musician. I think tall I person. That. Tall person. Uh, he's into shoes. Yep. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Before getting to the episode today, just want to thank everyone who put in an iTunes rating recently. It was super helpful. So iTunes reviews are our favorite things to read because they are honest feedback about how we're doing on the show, ways we can improve. The reviews are sometimes funny, sometimes uh, insulting. It also makes us feel like we know what we're doing sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, which is nice. If you have a moment, if you've been listening to the show for a while, if you're enjoying the interviews we've put together, or even if this is your first time listening, it would be so, so helpful if you could just leave us a review on iTunes. So what that does for us is, A, it gives us feedback about how we're doing so we can improve and and do better in future episodes. But also, every time you leave a review, it signals to iTunes that someone's listening to the show. It's going to help our show move up the charts, which will then help more people discover design details. So it's really helpful for us in, in many ways. And if you've been enjoying the show, have gotten something out of these episodes or the interviews, it would mean a whole lot to us if you could just take a minute and either rate us five <coughs> stars or just leave us your thoughts. Give us feedback, uh, criticisms, complaints uh, in an iTunes review. We would love to read those. I can't believe thoughts. we're two years in and we're still at five stars. I'm very proud of this. We are at five stars, so uh, please don't screw that up for us. But we, we really would love your feedback. If you just open your iTunes podcast app, you can write a review there. Or if you're on your computer, you can search for us in the iTunes store. I know it takes a minute, uh, but it's super helpful for us. So again, if you've been enjoying the show, we'd love to hear your feedback through there. It helps more people discover the show so we can keep growing and keep doing this in 2017. One more quick thing before we get into the episode. We don't have a sponsor today. (gasps) Design Details is part of a network that Brian and I co-founded with our friend Jonathan Cantrell, who runs the Developer Tea podcast. Spec is a network of podcasts and blogs and content to help designers and developers like you level up. Uh, And the only way that the Spec Network is possible, the only way that this podcast that you're listening to right this moment is possible is because of the awesome sponsors that we've had over the last two years. Uh, And right now we're looking for more. So if you or your team or your company is hiring, launching a product, or just wants to get your message out in front of literally tens of thousands of designers and developers around the world, hit us up. We would love to work with you. You can learn more at spec.fm slash sponsors, message Bryn or I. Again, that's at spec.fm slash sponsors. Thank you one last time. And with that, let's get into episode 181 with Alex Cornell. Cool. Uh, I'm Alex Cornell, designer at Facebook, and I work on Facebook Live. I live here in San Francisco. That's all? Yeah, that's it. I think Keep you, going. Come on. Well, you know, continue. I, I want. I think that we have too many Facebook designers. You have to have something else going. <laughs> some unique. Well, yeah. I'm, I'll see. I, I'm very tall. How about that? You are really very tall. I'm very tall. Uh, I really like shoes. Our whole team really likes shoes. It's like, oh God, George! You yeah, work with George. I, know. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to. I had to work him into the conversation somehow. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think like when you start working at a at a bigger company, your intro gets a little bit shorter like for better for worse mm. right like i remember when i used to meet people at a party or something they say like where do you work i would quickly say the name of wh- whatever i was doing but then and then i would like explain what it did or like what it was mm-hmm. and then now you know i i say i work at facebook and people are usually like oh, okay cool like I, mm-hmm. I i get it you know that's it and well, what do you think is that for better or for worse uh well i think pick one <laughs> i would say it's for better and oh, okay. it's it's uh 
that that explanation and that sort of like flow that you would have to go through was not something I generally enjoyed. Yep. You know, I completely agree. Yeah, my <laughs> my last company was like political news, and I'd be like, it's Sidewire. It's a political news thing. You probably wouldn't be into it. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> well, there's that moment too where like uh, you you don't know, like they might know it, right? Like so Sidewire, if you say like I work at Sidewire, you kind of have to let it hang just for a second, yep. you know, because like mm-hmm. if they know it and you start explaining it, then that's awkward, yes. you know, but if they don't but let it hang like, too patronizing, long, right? it's still awkward. Right. <laughs> and if you assume that they know it, then it's really awkward. Yeah. Yep. So I think that that, that whole dance, uh, I never really enjoyed that too much. And so uh, these days, it, I sort of enjoy being able to quickly say I work uh, at a company that you know, and you know uh, we can talk about that. And usually people- If they don't know, then there's a much richer conversation to be had. I'd much <laughs> Oh, what's that, Facebook? That would be a fascinating- <laughs> I've never yeah. heard of this. Wouldn't that be more Is fun? Is that a new startup? <laughs> yeah. It's- a bunch of the planets on it <laughs> i would i would love to have that conversation with somebody like oh yeah okay i don't know if i would do a good job explaining it though if they're like what's that I'd see like, like if i'm here in the city and i say i work at figma people are like oh okay i get right. it but if i go home my parents are like what did what yeah. does that do yeah I, I used to um what's design the the comp the previous company i was at was funded by google ventures but just funded right mm-hmm. like we didn't work at google had no relationship with google and when i would go home i would tell that to my parents obviously but then the way it would kind of get translated like to their friends was that i just worked at google you know (laughs) yeah you can search for it (laughs) yeah yeah so then when i would go back and they'd be like oh so how's google and i'd be like well i don't work there they still gave us money (laughs) yeah yeah and then that but that whole concept you know in in maryland is not necessarily Mm -hmm. really gonna land either so i would just go with it (laughs) the reason i prodded when you first gave the intro is because i guess it was so short but you Mm -hmm. do so many other things like you seem uh, you have many interests beyond just designing at Facebook, it seems like. People aren't just their jobs, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, I know the context of this show is to talk yeah. about design, but you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like uh, I definitely... I've always tried to maintain like a, a diverse set of interests like for my own sanity, right? Like I think yeah. we all know that that kind of context switching can be really helpful, useful, and productive. Uh, music for me has always been like my, uh, my other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is I think at this point... Uh, I don't want to say it's cliche, but it's fairly common for designers to have music as their like outlet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd um, say photography, photography too. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Mean, owning a drum, owning a drum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought you said a drum, and I was like, yeah, a single drum. <laughs> Just generally, one drum <laughs> Just is good. Bang on the you drum. Want to come check out my drum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there, there definitely are. I mean, yeah, like drones has become one of those things as well. I th- and, and photography is is. Uh, is as well. It's definitely an interest of mine for sure. But That's I think why like, I got into videography. <laughs> yeah, because it's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like like all my friends are so good at taking still photos. I don't yeah. want to have to compete with that. You're yeah. a unique snowflake, Bryn. That's not true. <laughs> I'm a bad snowflake because then I see Alex's videos and I'm like, well, shit. Yeah, man. I was thinking though, uh, quit that game. <laughs> even even when you asked, like I, I I used to do a lot of that a lot more. You know, video and 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 photography and music as well. Like I used to spend a lot more of my time on the side doing that, and now I don't. And I actually I'm I'm quite happy with that in that uh, my full time job is occupying a lot more of my creative mind in like a. Do you know? Um, You've played Mario Golf, I think it was, or We Golf. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if you swing too hard, the uh, the red 
it like swings weird. It goes <laughs> right? and like I've always sort of felt like that's the sort of the way like my mind works. If I like spend too long on something and it overpowers like that, then it, it's just a total waste, right? <laughs> it's the wee golf of brains. Cool, got yeah. it. And if it goes too low, then like there's a huge empty space you need to occupy with something else, right? Which yeah. would be like music or mm-hmm. photography or something. And I find that currently my day to day work is is hitting that moment right before it goes like, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like oh, actually yeah, yeah. maxing me out. So I actually don't, I go home and I, where I used to be like, Oh man, what am I going to do uh, on the side? I don't do that anymore. And I, I, I actually like it cause it feels like I'm being fulfilled the proper amount at the moment, which is good. That's you know? very good. Yeah. You actually, I don't think that's common. I, I know that it's not common in, even in my own mind, you know, like I've, I've never felt that before. And I think Feels weird. Uh, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think normally you'd piece together that feeling, right? Like you'd, you'd say, okay, like, uh, I feel like 60% fulfilled based on what I'm doing. And then, so you'd add, you know, you maybe now I'm going to try to write a song or something yep. and then that will take you a little bit more, but you might go over cause it's hard to know. Like it's a very messy process. And then if you go over 100% on one side, how do you bounce that out on the other side? And it gets, yeah. 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 Super weird. I want to end up at that cause yeah. that's sort of the goal. I don't know. In my head, that's like, right. the goal, that's like an, an ideal to live up to where you are creatively satisfied to the point that you don't, feel like you have to work 24 yeah. seven, do a million side projects on, on, yeah. on and burn yourself out, but you are just doing work that is satisfying. Right. No, I, I, that's actually the weird thing about it is it's this, it's sort of that like above the cloud calm state where you're like, wait, this feels weird. What is this? Like, I don't understand what's happening and it feels wrong. Cause it's so different. You know, you're like, I, I'm used to being sort of like neurotic and, and stressed out and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like uh, if you've ever run longer than a distance that you're comfortable with, you know that like initially you, you're really out of breath, you know, and, and like you're breathing hard and everything like that. But then eventually like your respiratory system catches up and you're no longer breathing hard. Like your body starts to hurt eventually, like your actual legs, mm-hmm. but you're, you're breathing. So like and after like out. two blocks or something <laughs> for <laughs> I you. Mean, well, yeah. I'm, I'm tall. So it's like three, but you know, I think, I'm all legs. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's similar to that, yeah. you know, where, uh, it can. It just is a strange feeling, but I do. I do agree. I mean, it, it feels sort of like a, uh, and not an end state, but like at least a goal. A goal that I had had for a long time. Is that know? unsettling, or is that like yeah. to feel like you reach an end state? Sounds uh, kind of scary or unsettling. No, to me. I, th- I think what it is is uh, I. I can't remember, and I always try to try to remember. I'll, I'll send you guys a link to the uh, the quote that I'm about to butcher. But there's a there's a scientist who's des- describes. Uh, how to conduct your your research. And one of the things that he talks about is like, you know, how you decide what to work on and like what you want to focus on. And the thing he says is like, whatever you're doing, like you should be trying to be as close to the boundary of your own ability at all times, right? So that you're always pushing it, inching it forward. And of course, obviously, if you go over, you won't learn anything because you don't know what you're doing. Like the code you guys were looking at earlier, you know, I don't know anything about that. My so terrible like, code? Yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks. yeah, exactly. It thanks was for really saying bad. that. <laughs> really appreciate that. <laughs> Brian's like, you idiot, you need to return a function. What's wrong with <laughs> idiot. you? Idiot. I should have taken a picture. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like that that would be beyond my ability and it would there'd be no point in me messing around on that screen right now because I wouldn't learn anything. It's too far beyond. And same thing would go if I like had to do something that was too easy, I wouldn't learn anything. But, being right at that edge is uh, 
is a is the ideal state to be in. And so I don't think it's unsettling in that as long as you're there and you're pushing yourself forward, then that's growth, right? And you're learning and that's good. So So you feel like you are pushing yourself. Yeah. Forward. What are the things that you feel are being pushed or expanded upon right now? I think that I've gotten a lot better um at communicating uh in different situations. So like, I don't mean speaking and having conversation, but like moving ideas around, uh, between people, between, you know, like large groups of people, small groups of people and where my design craft has largely stayed the same. Like I don't feel any better today at, uh, you know, picking a color or moving a rectangle to a different corner of the screen than I did, uh, two years ago. Right. Like I feel it's the same. But my ability... You got pretty good at that a whole co- rectangle the, the, moving. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I, I feel better rectangle than ever. Rectangle expert, Alex <laughs> yeah. Cornell. I'm pretty good at cor- re- turning a corner into a you know, rounded corner. You know, I know a lot about uh, circles and that kind of thing. Et cetera. Yeah, well, like, eventually I, I sort of Just felt, general radii really <laughs> does the thing. Yeah. I think you, I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this too. Like over time, it used to be I felt like the stuff that I was learning and getting good at was like... Uh, a lot of really heavily visual stuff, you know, like what's a cool font, you know, and like, oh, this guy knows a lot of cool fonts and what's a cool, cool like, font guy. Yeah. It's a good, good at layout, you know, really good at color and like those things. And maybe it's a function of where I work, but like that, that isn't something that I think about very much anymore. You know, it's more about often convincing people why the rectangle is where it is, you know, as opposed to like why the rectangle is a rectangle and not a triangle or something yeah. like that. Is there even a rectangle at all? Not, I mean, not on my screen. Everything is a, is all circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned different communication styles beyond just talking. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I think I mean telepathy. Uh, yeah, that, but that, that that is actually what I f- I feel um, that I can that I actually can see changing in my own style of working. You know, and and I, I think getting better, but you know, who knows? Uh, and I mean, using different things like whether it's writing, which is often a really powerful tool, right? Uh, I use video a lot to communicate ideas. It's a very, uh, it's, I feel like video is almost, I mean, you, you were just saying like you pick video instead of photo cause, uh, not as many people are doing it. And it's a competitive thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Everything is competitive. Yeah. I mean, I'm finding that if you just put, if you have a message that you want to communicate and you just put that message in video when everybody else is putting it in words, yeah, totally. it's, it's like a, uh, it's almost like you feel like you're cheating. You know? Yes. It's, it's for real. Like a cheat code. Like when yeah. I put something on YouTube, I was like, I've literally just published like a blog post, yeah. but with my mouth. <laughs> it was not that hard. Have you guys, have you ever filmed the podcast? You used to, We, right? you we used, used to, to live stream it on yeah. Periscope. Okay. Like way back in the day, we had this like crazy audio rig to stream it from the microphones to, to the, Periscope. Yeah. Remember that crazy startup? Oh, that was garbage. <laughs> Wait, so have you ever considered just filming, like, uh, you know, filming this now? No. no. Yeah. No, I mean, we it loses. Uh, so... If when we were people, when people know they're on mic, uh, yeah. it usually changes the way they talk. They sure. might present themselves in a different way, yeah. curate what they say, yeah. and you double that one when, when, when you're well, on video. It was worse time. when it was live streaming. Because <laughs> right? now you're aware of <laughs> right, the right, way right. you're sitting, the way right. your face is moving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like right now I can sit like an idiot and no right. one knows. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, put your shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time we live streamed was with Kevin Rose, and yeah. because he knew we couldn't edit it, he was very oh. cautious about what he said. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because it was live. It was already sure, out sure. there. I got, you. I got um, you. Even if it was only for a day. I got so, you. So. Well, yes. Yeah. Point being, uh, 
video is a powerful tool for that. But I think they're also, uh, even in how you construct the narrative around what you're saying is, is what I've started to experiment with now in terms of like, okay, a lot of people make PowerPoint or keynote presentations at work. That's like, a, you know, it's a big company thing. And I've found that even just the way that you structure the narrative and like what you, how much you put on each slide, all that kind of stuff can have an amazing impact on how well it lands in people's minds or doesn't, you know? And I think I've just enjoyed experimenting with those different things. And I'm finding that like, as I figure out what works, you know, I'm, I'm learn definitely learning as I go. So what about prototyping? Uh, in terms of like l learning and evolving. And yeah. Coming. I mean, yeah. you know, it used to be, uh, you go to a meeting and you might show a static mock, then oh, yeah. the wave of prototyping oh, yeah. tools. And now yeah. you have a much richer way of, of yeah. telling a story. And I feel like that's maybe a step before video. Uh, like yeah. a video is even, uh, higher level than that yeah man it's so crazy because uh only if you're not using principle which just records to video so uh, no 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 <laughs> I, I, video video being like i'm videotaping you using Easy a prototype thing. of an app to sell a story so we can build that thing yeah. i just assume facebook is doing that all the time well i think i mean i remember before before facebook i would make a prototype in air quotes with After Effects, right? Like I'd take out of Photoshop because back then I didn't have Sketch yet. I would take out of Photoshop, put it in After Effects and then like make a, a animation of this thing. And I'd be like, right, like you click that and I'd like animate a little circle mouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then I remember when I- I used to animate them in Photoshop with that timeline. Oh, tool. Jesus, oh, man. monster. Yeah. I mean, that's- I would animate HTML emails <laughs> in Photoshop. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Like yeah. That's, and then when the day that you saw, I'm assuming, the day that you saw a prototyping tool that can do a lot of that for you. I, I mean, I remember- Dude, Pixate? Mm, I was Pixate, on that Pixate yeah. grind. I mean, even, I, you know, I remember uh, some of the people I used to work with would, would use Keynote early on mm -hmm. even to just yeah, animate Yeah, Magic Move, things. dude. Magic Move, yeah. Magic Move was like the first crazy prototype I saw. That was Gabriel yeah. Valdivia. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he did a prototype for Automatic that I saw and that was crazy. I Holy shit, it was so good. I only learned about Magic Move like a month ago and I've been using Keynote forever, but I Just never the fact that it was all yeah. Keynote, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, it's crazy what people can do, you know? Um, but yeah, the first time I saw a real prototyping tool and saw like that being the way or, you know, like the default way of communicating a, a flow or an idea. I mean, I was, I, I thought back to every meeting I ever had before that where I was trying to explain, no, 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 like it would move from the right. Like, right, right, right. You know, imagine it would come in from the right and then you could just tell like nobody would know. And then now you can just put it in somebody's hand and they can use it and and often, if you don't tell them it's a prototype, they might just think it's real, you know. Uh, and I, I mean, I think at this point, the the benefits of prototyping are well well known. But yeah, when do you go from that to video? I think that uh, you don't. You go to code, dog. Come yeah, on. yeah, exactly. And I go to code because this uh, is the problem with <laughs> prototypes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, gosh, I, there's still there's definitely still there's that gap, right? You know, and I, I've always wondered like who's gonna who's gonna if there's a gap between engineering code and designers prototyping, it's like one of us needs to go the extra mile. And often designers, you know, will like you guys were just in code a second ago. So like, you know, you're getting closer this way. And I have never, I made a decision a long, long time ago to not learn that. And I, every day I question like, well, Man, Oh, design. No, 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 don't. I don't no, want no, to talk no, no, about it. No, no, no. I want to talk about that. De development <laughs> tools actually, are so good compared to design yeah. tools. Design tools suck yeah. compared to development tools. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, they, they fucking do. Uh, 
It's they're newer. I yeah. would say. Let's be careful. There are good design tools. They're just newer. Newer. No, I, I work on design tools. I think like I'm aware of design tools and how they are, but comparatively, man, there are some rich fucking experiences for development. Yeah, yeah. But it's I'm not, curious, yeah. like the the fact that you said I made an intentional decision to yeah. not learn that is yeah. uh, not something you hear too often. Yeah, I just remember um, my friend Mark uh, was a a good coder. And I remember this was maybe 2008 and he was, I asked him, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I, I want to get into this. I want to make an update to my own website. You know, what should I learn? And he was like, well, you should start with HTML, CSS, all that. Mm-hmm. And at that time, all I knew how to do was music and, and some things in Photoshop, but I didn't really know anything else. You know, I didn't know after effects. I didn't know, um, really anything else. And, I remember looking at like all I would have to learn, which I mean, you guys know, like it's not actually that intimidating, but that at the time I decided I'd rather learn how to, at that time, edit uh, movies, you know, like use Premiere instead. And I'd rather learn After Effects instead. It, using After Effects sounds much more intimidating to me than HTML and CSS. Yeah, I mean, I think now I- And you I, get those like whip things. It, what are those called? The, the, the quick, quick Oh whip. my yeah. God. It's crazy. I love crazy. the it's, a, uh, it's such a it's weird just a little spiral thing. icon, but you like yeah. pull it from one property to another and yeah. it like follows it kind of, but not really. Right. It, you it can looks script like, it uh, sometimes. Did you ever play Worms? You know that game? Oh, yeah. And you know the, the ninja rope? Nope. What? The, the, I don't the, remember that at all. The, I was like 10, oh, okay. dude. The the worms had a ninja rope where they'd shoot a little rope and then they could swing. And it looks just like the pick whip. <laughs> Every time I use it, I'm like, worms. I think back to worms, yeah. So do you regret? No, I don't. Because uh, I, I still uh, believe, and I did at the time, and I still do, that you know, I, as a designer, could be more valuable uh, in, a, in a team if I knew how to do these things that nobody else on the team knew how to do, you know, like in, in that, in that sense, uh, it was video, you know, and like, cause at our startup, we had plenty of engineers, like we didn't need anybody else to know how to code, you know, and certainly not somebody who was starting from zero. Right. Uh, and whereas like somebody, even if they're starting from zero, that's learning after effects and can start making marketing videos or something. It's like, that was actually useful, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and has especially con- to start up. to be especially to a startup, especially back then. Like now, yeah. I think like that uh, the it's the value commoditized a little been bit. Commoditized, yeah. yeah. But imagine like 2010, 11, You know, mm-hmm. if you had a if you had a cool video that was actually was really really good and and mm-hmm. and could get you on a tech blog, which was also meant something back yeah. then too. You know, and I think like <laughs> yeah. when when they weren't publishing you know, literally hundreds of articles a day. It was like, mm-hmm. if you made it onto a tech blog, it was a big deal. And I, and video was a way to do that. So I think I don't regret it. Uh, there are times when I'm like, man, it would be more helpful if I, if I knew more about it than I did. But I think luckily the design tools, enough of them are structured in a way that you think at least logically in a similar way. And that's been, that's been helpful enough. You know, There's a really interesting dichotomy between video and and like learning code because you're choosing to kind of prioritize communicating to users over communicating to developers, right? Like that's really the most meaningful piece of code for most developers or most designers, unless they go very deep is that really all they're learning is principles to communicate with engineers versus communicating with users through video, whatever, like, as you mentioned, like your goals with that were to communicate with users. Right. Yeah. Which forces you to speak in a way that's uh, uniquely uh, simple and mm-hmm. clear and super uh, hard, it, it's super hard. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's actually really, really difficult to boil 
an idea down into a, into a way that can be communicated widely like mm-hmm. that, you know? And so, yeah, learning how to do that is, is, a, is something that's good. It's good to have somebody that at least knows something about that on the team, you know, rather than if I knew how to make a style sheet. Yeah. You know? Can um, we, can we get into a little bit of nitty gritty? Yeah, uh, let's do it. Cause we're talking about video. We're talking about prototyping, but you work on Facebook live. I do. And you prototype, not necessarily like, your normal UI prototype, right? <laughs> You're working with live video. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually w- one of the primary things about why those tools came at such a good time for me in my career, like working on a video platform uh, is everything I do requires that the demo or the, vi- the you know, the whatever I'm designing have a moving picture behind it, right? Yeah. Like there's no screen that I design that doesn't have a video. And so it's super weird if you're working static all day because it's not, very realistic. So yeah, the greatest thing about, um, these tools and I, I use origami is, uh, is that it can handle the video and it can, especially with, with origami can handle the viewfinder of the phone, you know, so I can, uh, turn it on and feel like I'm live, uh, and have the experience be very much the same. Cause it's using the hardware camera, using the hardware camera, uh, and I can flip the camera, you know, it's like every, it just feels the same. And that's really, really, I, I can't even imagine what I would do if I, if I wasn't, able to, it would just be a lot worse i guess is yeah. probably what would happen put a really shitty video of you recording yourself <laughs> on the other cameras and just always do the same video yeah, which i've done that yeah <laughs> you know i have i've got plenty of videos in a folder of just like random angles of you know just like the worst possible video and we'll post those imagine. in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> thank you Please do. It's like, <laughs> yeah they're the 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 testing videos that i have to test you know especially it's like the new design details library of video <laughs> testing yeah i'll happily what is it? Creative <laughs> Commons. Yeah, yeah. Here yeah. you guys go. Unsplash Video Edition. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because, um, I mean, at least for me, I don't know about most designers, yeah. but it, in my head, I imagine most designers mm-hmm. might move from something like static to prototype, yeah. and then you build it. It seems yeah. like the static part. Do you even do that? Uh, less, um, less now. I think um, I find that these days I do a lot more uh, thinking and writing. So, like, I'll start. Um, Whereas I used to maybe start either on paper or in sketch and then move, I'll spend a lot less time there and spend a lot more time in uh, text edit or something, you know, some any text tool, just writing about what I'm planning to do. It's almost like a uh, recipe, I guess, at that point, you know, where it's like it is a combination of uh, notes and conversations that I'll have about whatever I'm working on. But then it eventually is it reads like me talking to myself. It's like, you know, hey, you should make sure you do this. And, and you know, you had that one cool idea that, um, you know, somebody mentioned, like, try to include that. And then I'll, when I go into uh, prototype it, I'll just read down the list and do it that way. You know, do you work forwards or backwards. How do you mean? Do you start from like a goal and then work backwards to how to get there? Or do you work from like, here's a thing I can do. Here's another thing I can do. Here's another thing I can do. And then work towards end goal. I think that maybe uh, this is a good time to use the expression middle out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I had to. But I think I, I would say probably neither. You know, like I, I, don't, I don't think I started on either end necessarily. Um, but probably more often than not, there is some stated goal that we're trying to trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's weird how much writing I do, and again, like as design, same, you know, same. Yeah. Like most of my work is writing. When did that transition happen for you, like, uh, or at least that you became aware of how much more you're writing? 
I'd say the last couple of years, you know, like uh, last two years. I've been at Facebook a year and a half now. Um, so probably the last two years. I, I honestly don't necessarily know why that transition happened, but I think it, I think it has to do with um, there are a lot of decisions that I don't I no longer have to think about. You know, there are things that are figured out. Like uh, I don't pick fonts anymore, right? Yeah. I, I don't like the baseline stuff is just done. Yeah, and and I actually I, I love that because yep. those decisions aren't uh, interesting to me anymore. Uh, they used to be, but they aren't anymore. And I think uh, when with that stuff figured out, and, and the problems become a lot. You could say more complicated, but they're not really more complicated. They're just of a different kind, and they're of a kind that I find writing to be better suited for. Right? Like, there's no point in writing about the type of font I'm going to choose. Like, why would? You <laughs> those know, are, like that those are the things I'm hoping AI will do away with. Like, if <laughs> right. if our jobs get automated in some degree, I think that lifts the floor of like what yeah. we have to think about. Yeah. Altogether. But I don't think we've gotten to that point as a total industry, so we sure. can't yet automate it significantly. I think that's a really good point. That that floor. Being yeah. lifted is, I want to just focus on the good shit. Like, yeah. None of that garbage stuff at the bottom. Well, it, I, it's it depends. It depends, it depends yeah. on what you're working on. And I think Facebook is a place where you don't have to make a lot of decisions because other designers at Facebook for the last 10 years have been making exactly. design yeah. systems, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even just like at Facebook, we use the system font. Right. That that's uh, a. I would consider that part of the design system. Sure, sure. But I mean, you might be like an Airbnb. Those the, are the words the font, I said. The font you use is, is really important. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think it's it is it is right that that stuff has become that way at the hand of people over a long period of time, right? And I think, uh, and that would have been really interesting, right? To like to get it to that point to be the the to be the person. Mm-hmm like actually establishing those baselines. That sounds fascinating, right? It's how, just... How many people do you think have done that thing? Like, I know Wilson yeah. Miner and Supa did that for a while. Yeah. I think there was definitely some people after that that com- completely changed it. There had to be people long before that. Mm. No idea. No idea. That has to have been like a generational thing on like rapid, like iteration loops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I think with anything like that, it's probably one of those things where you assume it to be a lot of people, and it actually is, you know, a, a small few, probably. Yeah. Let's backtrack. Oh yeah, we uh, we we've we took s- off. We still don't know anything about you, and we're halfway done. <laughs> where are you from? Uh, well, I'm from DC. One hundred and one. Grew up in yeah, DC one hundred and one. Was my favorite radio station. Um, I What'd grew up in play? Maryland. They played. Uh, I, I called in a request basket case by Green Day that almost guy. every week. Okay. And that was like the, my, that was <laughs> that, my that only, was, that was the only song every, they played. Every, they're like, ah, oh, God damn well, it. It's Alex again. That was the only way I could reliably hear the song. Right. Like, uh. cause this would have been, uh, I don't know. That was Dookie, right? So that Dookie, was like, yeah. 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 99, yeah, 2000, before, 2000. I think. Really? I wouldn't be surprised if that was 96, 95. Somebody can that check it. That doesn't sound right. I don't know. It's <laughs> it a was, long time ago. later than that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay. I, dude, I was on. I was on the radio with my hand on the record button with a cassette. It was a long when, time when ago. I was learning bass. Wow, that was like one of the dude. first songs I learned. I learned it on guitar. I can still play. It, you I guys think. should start a band. Yeah, we could. Do you want to just kick it off right now? And the I have my half? one drum. <laughs> That'd be great. Let me go buy a bass. <laughs> yeah. Come back here. I'll do it a cappella. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up there uh, on the East Coast and then uh, went to school on the East Coast too. Mm-hmm. And I moved out here in 2007. You just skipped over a whole lot of stuff. I did. When the, you start getting into creative 
stuff. I wouldn't even presume you started with design. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, in in college, I majored in psychology because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I was in a band, <laughs> and I knew, as one does. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to imply anything, but like that that was the the major that was a, it was a good major to choose sure. if you it's weren't either sure. psychology you know. no, or good. what's yeah. the other one? Um, Business. No, that's what I did. I minored I in philosophy. That was the that's other one. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah. There's the other one. Yeah. Perfect. But I think <laughs> the funny thing is actually both of those are very great yes. to have now. And yeah. like I never would have thought that they would be in the way that they are, but they are. Um, and then, but I was I was there, but I really wanted to be a famous musician. That was my only sole drive. Philosophy musician. Yeah, I was just a, you know, really wanted to write about existentialism. Bob and, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Um, but you know, I think like we were talking about, a lot of designers were, were musicians. It's a common path, but I I can't stress the um the I guess um, intensity of the desire that I had to become a famous musician, and I I mean that very literally. Yo, like, dog. I almost didn't care about the music that I was going to write because I hadn't written anything. I didn't really care about the music. I just wanted to be a famous, famous. musician. What yeah. was yep. what did famous mean to you? You know, I think. Uh, like back then, and this, you know, not to seem like as that all that long ago, but like it was different in like 2003 or four, when in in the sense that uh, there was a little bit more of like a monoculture, right? And celebrities had a different level of, um, I guess, like permeation across culture, right? Like it, there there weren't like all these little niche communities that you could listen to. It was like you were literally famous or you weren't famous. You know, there was not like, oh, well, they're, it was you know, binary. they got like 200,000 followers. Yeah, right? they're big like, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. didn't exist. It was like you either were known by millions of people or nobody, you know? And I, so I think like that appealed to me because I was like, I want to communicate with as many people as possible. You know, I want to like connect on that level. All the songs you hadn't written yet. And all the songs I hadn't <laughs> written. I was like, well, I'll get to that, you know? And the ironic thing is- I'll figure that out once I'm famous. <laughs> man, to this day, I have only written one song in my whole life. I've written pieces of thousands, but never a full one. How do you feel about that? Um, I'd say that's probably, if there's a if there's a weak underbelly to my uh, like uh, sense of self or psyche, it's like that would be, if if I were ever like roasted and someone Yo, but was have like, you written how a many song, songs though? have you written? I, I would <laughs> break down. Like, Only stop the it. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the one, yeah. That would be really a- uh, Is it a good one? It's a good, it's a good no. one. No, no, no. I, it's a good one. Man, I wrote so many like stems in Reason back yeah. in the day. Do you remember Reason? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so reason. good. I have a lot of those as well. I took a, uh, at school actually, I took a class. It was a Red Bull music class. And what? they they taught you Reason. Where'd you go to uh, school at? Uh, Duke. Red Bull School of Music? No, no. Uh, and, and my classmate was actually Mike Posner. Uh, okay. Who who is now you know a yeah. famous yeah, yeah. famous musician? He talks about yeah. the way heels sound on floors. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the crazy thing was actually even in that class, uh, this what I had was terrible. But I remember I can still remember what he had. It was crazy good. You know, so uh, he's he's got a lot of talent for sure. But yeah, I never. I don't know what it was. I think it's a it's a really intense form of uh, it's not imposter syndrome, but it's uh, it's like every time I would write anything, I would so quickly shoot it down that I would could never get past, you know, like that, that initial, uh, just spend six hours picking out like pad sounds. Yeah. (laughs) All all the wrong stuff, you know, like I'd focus on all the wrong stuff. I'd focus on the, it's the the fonts of music. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but the one song I did write, uh, was for my old company. It was the hold music for our 
conference call system and at uber uh, conference at uber conference yeah and so it shipped it shipped yeah and you can hear it and uh, like my sister has encountered it everybody like you you'll you'll be surprised when and how you encounter it (laughs) but you the day that you hear someone singing about you being on hold that's me (laughs) oh this sounds familiar this sounds familiar i've Uh, definitely used it at least once so i've heard it i just don't remember it you're famous adjacent yeah, it worked. So, no, yeah, that, that I think that was sort of the ironic part. Like the the only single one song I ever wrote, you know, it was actually it was your single popular in a way in that, a really strange way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it uh, has more downloads than most things on Spotify. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I you know back then I think that was probably the first time that I got really got into like trying to express any kind of creativity. But I took as a backup, I took a graphic design class, and I mean like. Graph, like cutting stuff out and gluing it to the cardboard graphic design class. I mean, it was 2003. It was basically the Stone Age. Yeah. I had a ruler. Yeah. That's how old what? I, 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 had a, a, I had a ruler. What was it? A uh, X-Acto <laughs> knife? You know? Yeah. These were the tools that you had to have. And so even in grad school, you had to have that. I remember I would I Grad glue. school? I went to Academy of Art. Um, I'm, so I moved after college. I moved here to San Francisco uh, I, I I very distinctly remember the day because it was ten years ago. iPhone came out. Holy right? shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I moved. I remember getting to San Francisco the day the iPhone got to San Francisco, and that was the greatest thing to have in a new city because it was like, whoa, this is like this crazy device that can teach me where stuff. You know, like because mm-hmm. it had maps, uh, or it didn't really have maps in the way that it does now with GPS and stuff. But like you, you were able to access mm-hmm. a map of the city, which was, you know, a new thing. Not to to prod too much at this sensitive underbelly, but at that time when you were starting to transition away from music, did you give up that dream of becoming a famous musician or is that still lingering as something that you you would like to explore at some point? I think the cool thing is, you know, we were talking earlier about like um, getting to a point professionally where you feel like you've, um, you've hit a longer stride and like whether or not that would be concerning. And the thing I think with music is I always... I, f- I feel, and I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, but I, I don't think that there's any greater high than uh, the the potential place you can get to with music. You know, like when you're, whether you're playing in a band or you're playing in front of an audience, which we used to do a lot, like that level of connection and that form of connection is so, is so distinct and different than anything I've ever experienced in any other place. With an audience? With an audience. Yeah. Like, okay. so, so I think, uh, playing live is where, where you, where you can experience it. I think most in a, the purest form, but I mm-hmm. think like there's something about like writing and, and again, this is coming from someone who's written only one song. So mm-hmm. take this with a grain of salt, but there's something about, I think that, uh, it's nonverbal form of just communication that goes beyond not to get like too crazy, but like this is going to sound really cheesy and like <laughs> yeah. third wavy, but yeah, it's like, it's like wavy. you're vibrating on the same level. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know how to, ex- that's the yeah. only way to explain it. Yeah. Right. And so I think like knowing that I always have looked at music as like, um, you know, if, if, if I ever, the day that I burn out on design, it's like, I know like the, the music land is there where I would want to, you know, spend my, my aging days. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think like I still do it. I have a YouTube, I have a Spotify, you know, I, I, I put stuff into it all mm-hmm. the time. Um, but I think the, the dream of like, you know, going on a world tour at 25 is, 
So, so is it like covers that? <laughs> yeah, it covers, yeah. Okay. And actually... Uh, well, you're still 22, so you got time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have to buy like mechanical rights and stuff? Yeah. Uh, so I so what I ended up doing was uh, when YouTube started becoming a mm-hmm. thing, uh, it was right around the same time that I uh, had left the, the band that I was in and moving out here. So I started putting covers up because that's what... You know, I think at that time and still now, covers are a great way to introduce yourself to somebody new because it's like they're familiar with the song they're not familiar with you it's a you know, it's a stylistic change yeah, yeah. yeah. limited the variables and yeah. then like that's all that has always been a really successful avenue for me because i have a um i don't have a, a traditionally good voice like i'm not like a trained singer but it, my voice sounds unique enough that it would that it appeals to the the people that it appeals to which isn't everybody but like at least you know it's it's distinct right mm-hmm. yeah. uh so it's been it's been good enough in a way that it keeps it keeps me going, you know. Especially well, you, on Spotify, that's actually the best. You have one one song in particular that's like ten x, yeah. Or like if you get some multiple, yeah, uh, in in popularity and plays. Yeah, the what was uh, that? Sex on Fire, Kings of Leon cover. Yeah. It's, uh, if you get put on a Spotify official playlist, the the magnitude of of listens is is off the charts. You know, like you go from having a couple thousand to millions you know and it's it's truly just like a kingmaker situation if they put you on the list a kingmaker of leon (laughs) yeah exactly cool but there's no you have no control you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's not like i can say i would love to be on this this uh, the spotify (laughs) who can i talk to well there is probably someone you can talk to there probably is like uh same same thing went for Vimeo staff picks in the day, yeah. right? You know, yeah. like same thing a, for iTunes like iTunes, features, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then and there are people back there that are doing it. You know, mm-hmm. if you know who they are, you can appeal to them. <laughs> Unfortunately, they hey friend, yeah, yeah. If I got a song for you, slight tangent. Uh, mm-hmm. not music related. Do you think about fame still? Do you want to be famous? I think that I. I, I, you know, having gone through that experience of like desiring something so much at a pretty, you know, being pretty young, but still, it, it is compulsive. Yeah, it's compulsive. It's weird, and I think like you see that today in a much different form, and in a form that I, uh, you know, I've had plenty of time now to like unpack what I felt back then, what I feel now, mm-hmm. and back then I, f- I feel, and again, everything is, um, you know, better in hindsight, but I really feel like my desire was purely constructed on a, on a. Uh, recognition of like seeing people like uh, the people I looked up to at the time, um, Scott Hansen, who uh, ISO 50, but Tycho now, mm-hmm. um, John Mayer has always been as somebody that I really respected, like seeing what they had achieved in terms of just communication and connection and all that. I really, really did just desired that. In a, and I think a pure way, who knows now I find I have a really, really, I don't want to say antagonistic, but I'm depressed by the urges that I have like on Twitter or something, you know, to, to grow in uh, fame, you know, in, in terms of like, it's almost like a jealousy. You get that followers notification, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's like a jealousy almost, you know, I I look and I'm like, oh man. Why does that person have more followers? And like, what does that mean to me? And it's not based, there's nothing under it for me. Like I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, like, why do I want that? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's no, there's no good reason. It's honestly, I would say it's a, it's a um, vanity thing. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. And that uh, has become like a, a really fraught relationship, at least that I have internally. Uh, I think uh, Tara wrote an article. Tara Man. Yeah. She wrote a good article that I read about her relationship with, with social media, you know, in general. And I think, I thought that was really interesting. And I think it's definitely something that 
I've noticed in myself as well. And, you know, I, I think that there's not, there's not a whole lot you can do about it other than be aware of it and try to like mitigate it, you know? I think it also, it seems to me goes back to what you mentioned earlier about uh, fame going from either zero or a million yeah. to now it's, it's zero binary, to right? 10,000 to 10,100 yeah. to yeah. 20,000 to 50,000. Like exactly. there's this gradient, uh, yeah. basically it's, from, I don't know, like it's only a change to a million. It's only right? a change of what one is. Like yeah. everything is zero or one, and, it, and one is a moving target. Yeah, yeah. It's, you'll you'll never hit one. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be. Well, you could get to twenty thousand, or you could get yeah. to twenty five. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, like well, then you get that fucking then. Then you get that four hundred thousand. So yeah. I told uh, I told George this, and so it's going to be a repeat for him, but new for you guys. But the the metaphor that came to me about this recently was: uh, Do you ever go to one of those arcades where you play? an arcade game and then you win like a ticket mm-hmm. you win like a little you, red ticket you know what i'm talking the, about the arcades that matter yeah yeah and you get like you play skee-ball you might get like 20 tickets or something and then at the end you can go cash out mm-hmm. and there's that there's that uh counter where they have little toys and then they have big toys and they've got some really cool shit there as well yep and you get there and you're like oh my god i have a ton of tickets like this is a lot of tickets that i have amassed you know it's done like quite well it's like one <laughs> yeah, plastic I've done well soldier i've done well <laughs> it's been a I good spent take a bunch home. of money and <laughs> yeah. played games well then you and then you get there and you're like hey what can i get for this and they're like you can get the gum if you want you can 5000 <laughs> tickets is the gum and you're like what like i thought i have all these tickets what's going on and they're like oh those you want the thing behind the counter that's 30 million tickets like you're why nowhere. am i carrying this much <laughs> <Yeah>. paper <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels to me where it's like you think you know there's there there still is like a, a large gap i think between um what uh what would actually be an impactful difference in in uh in notoriety in, in any way. But again, like I, it's, it's something that I, I feel really gross thinking about now, whereas before it felt like truly just pure aspiration, you know? And I think, but why do you feel gross about it? Do you feel it's gross because other people think it's gross? Do you think it's gross mm-hmm. because it's inherently, um, vain to want attention? I th- it, like I, the, the perspective I have is, there's nothing wrong with having an audience, right? I agree. It, but it starts to shift when your purpose in life is an audience, right? Which we've yeah. kind of been talking about. But for for me in particular, like my goal in music production, so I went to school for audio engineering and then I went to Berkeley College of Music for music production. And I wanted to be like a producer like Kanye or yeah. The Dream or yeah. <laughs> any of these like Neo, fucking any of these amazing producers, but not because I wanted to like make good music that people liked, but more because I wanted to be famous for doing it. Right, right. Yeah. But so, see, that's so, a really great realization to have, yeah. right? Like that's an important distinction, I think, to make in your own mind. And that's where know? it feels gross. Like yeah. you want it for fame rather than right. for the output. Yeah, it is, if there's not a core of like that desire to connect on a large scale there, I think that's where it gets, um, or that's where I think you can feel um, wrong or at least less uh, fulfilling in that way. Cause you're like, it, it becomes more of a, a perception thing, like a, a vain thing. And I think that mm-hmm. those feelings, regardless of how they're viewed, cause obviously, yes, they, you know, they, they, that's not a, like a positive attribute to have. I don't think that's why it feels strange to me. It's more like I recognize the deficit that is there now, whereas it used to be like fueled yeah, by like yeah. a real true, mm-hmm. uh, you know, feeling of, uh, I guess you could say connection, earnestness, communication. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like, can, can you imagine, like, imagine you've constructed 
an idea in a song about a feeling that you have, like a true feeling, and you're able to communicate that idea to a very, very large amount of people at one time in one moment. You know, like I think if you've ever even touched the water of what that can feel like, even if you're even if you're telling somebody else's story, right? Like you're singing somebody else's song, but still experiencing what those everybody else is experiencing at that time. You're vibing. Like, yeah, and you know what that can feel like. Mm-hmm. And that's a different thing than like totally getting a lot of likes, you know. And so I think that's the 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 difference for me. And it, it's not something I think about all the time, but it's definitely like it's a distinct change from growing up, you know, and like what I desired back then. Composition in that world is a very close parallel to what we do here, right? Like as designers, we compose things that are supposed to solve problems for people and really like meet them at their level. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we do things you're like, "Eh, I want to do this shiny thing so designers notice me. Well, I I I think for me that it's becoming more obvious to see when people are doing that. And then Mm. um, I don't know, I could be fucking up or projecting, but it Mm. seems to me that Silicon Valley wants to be a meritocracy where mm. you are rewarded for doing good things. Yeah. And so for someone to be famous or popular as a byproduct of creating amazing work, yeah. I'm totally cool with. Yeah. Uh, but identifying people who are trying to engineer that yeah. construct or I engineer that appearance is the gross part for me. Yeah. And I think luckily these days it does get sussed out pretty quickly, which is good or yeah. can. Oh um, man, people get fucked with. Well, that's, <laughs> I, which is actually, I, I guess, its own kind of form yeah. of negativity. But I do think you're right with design, the 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 uh, the facet that it adds, which is I think part of why I continue to be really excited by about being a designer, is that you are, as opposed to just communicating, you're also presumably solving somebody's problem. Ideally, you know? you're helping them <laughs> you're be helping better yeah. in their own way. Yeah, right? and it, I think that's as fulfilling and interesting of a, like, way of making things as it would be to like go deep into music you know Mm -hmm. and i think uh that's what's kept it interesting for me over a long period of time as well um and something that i didn't even know was possible when i started doing graphic design i didn't even know that was like a thing i i literally i remember the movie helvetica came out right when i was like getting into it and i remember watching that and being like what i'm only using helvetica from now on (laughs) forever no joke. And then also, <laughs> yeah, like for real, uh-huh. but I, I only had Ariel, you know, so I was like, I was like, it's the same. And then, and then like, I didn't know like the, the sin that I was committing, oh, you know, I was like, it's the friend. same. You know? And then, uh, I, yeah, I remember I watched the movie like a thousand times and I got the graphic design magazines cause that was like a thing back mm. then. I missed those. That was actually something when, when I was thinking that we were going to have our conversation, I was like, man, the one thing that's relevant, I think to at least a certain sector of designers is like, the death and and absence of design blogs and magazines, I guess, also. But like that's something that I mean, w- there are those. No, no, no. But, but I mean, like ch- that people rallied around, you like know, Abduzito. Like, yeah, but like back, you know, yeah. a while ago, when like the traffic would be a lot, and you could actually be relatively oh sure that you saw the same thing that I saw, and we were both commenting on there. I miss those days, man. It was a different community feel. There it was. was. Um, I think that's also by virtue of being away from San Francisco. So it might still be the same case elsewhere. Like that's I certainly true. feel like you don't know what you don't know. It was much more meaningful to me when I wasn't here where mm. the things are. Sure. I was here I was here at that point, I think. Uh but I was here when here didn't really mean. So what you it got does here now. in two thousand seven? <laughs> yeah. Is I, what you mentioned? I yeah. was graduating high school in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I uh I remember, you know, I, I got my start creating a design blog. It was the first thing I ever did. So you, but it was it was 
the community was such that I could email any other design blogger and oh. we would talk and like exchange ideas and put yeah. each other in our sidebars and have like a blog role yeah. and do this kind of stuff and regularly like prop up these other people who are publishing content. And it was a right. uh, totally different community feel where now it's like, w- how do we get our blog to have the most traffic? Yeah. And it's like a zero it's competitive, sum. competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. Zero. Um, that, yeah, that, what that, that was of, in 2008 for me. Okay. And that's, so when you're talking about yeah. this like different feel, that's the year I think it was like, ah, oh, yeah, that was a good time. I mean, Man, yeah. in 2008, oh, what was I doing? Going to Lincoln Park concerts? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Probably had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Not, not doing, running like a university radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Not anything effective yeah, those are good. for my future those, at all. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know, man. I, I, when I was in that Lincoln Park concert was dope as hell. <laughs> they put on a show, if I'm not mistaken, right? Dude, uh, Chester can fucking sing. Yeah, because he's got the shit. scream sing in him as well, so he can like full on let loose. Yeah, I, I've definitely attempted that in the car before, and <laughs> yeah, quite. And then if there. you quickly turn down the volume, you hear yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah oh. oh my god. Yeah. yeah this is. I can't. This do is this. awful. I remember one time I was mowing the lawn and I had earbuds in and I was singing very loudly, and my brother came up with his phone and started recording me. <laughs> yeah, the only way to sing Lincoln Park is when you can't hear yourself singing Lincoln <laughs> yep. Park. Yeah, you'll blow out your voice. That's the fast. Lincoln Park rule. Yes, but I do miss. I mean, I remember the the there was a certain etiquette around attribution and, and community, you know, like if, if I wrote about something that you blogged about, like I would have to say like, you know, via Brian, mm-hmm. uh, and then the traffic oh, would reciprocate. There were no Hat-tap. ads, you know? Mm-hmm. So like that wasn't a thing. Uh, I mean, there were, but like not, not to the extent well, that's like that where are now. Ads know? are what ruined it, right? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know, man. Once I, you realized that you could make a shit ton of money running a design blog. I don't honestly don't know. Like, I don't remember the transition very well. You know, like I remember, um, I wrote for Scott's and I remember what that was Scott, like. Scott, uh, ISO 50, yeah, yeah. Hanson, yeah. Tyco boy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he, he had a very popular design blog at the time. Mm-hmm. Like ISO 50 was very popular. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I remember what that was like when it, when it was in full swing and it was amazing, you know, mm-hmm. because I think what I liked about it was you could write a pretty long amount of stuff and people would read it and they would like think about it you know and they would comment on like specific part it was like an actual um a full thought as opposed to just like a uh you know just like a link you know and say hey this is a cool thing it'd be like why is this cool like i will explain why i think it's cool and then let's have a conversation about it you know and yeah that <laughs> i don't remember what happened but i like to get nostalgic about that kind of stuff but is there what would be the equivalent of that today like what are we seeing today that mm. I, I don't know that I can point at Twitter, but there's definitely yeah. like a, for the people I follow. A, yeah. Like, Are you pointing a, at Twitter as being thoughtful? No, no, no. Getting... no. No, I'm saying there's a, com- a sense of community. To, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that's I, true. I know that the people that I interact with on a daily basis are seeing what other people, like, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's a whole filter bubble problem, but um, well, there's def- that sense that people know what's going on with each other. Yeah, and it's less like... Um, you know, there's no, there's no longer like a, a page owner and like the primary author and then like this conversation happening under it. It's like, it's happening across the whole thing. And like, you know, there's, it's a, a little bit more, um, flatter, I guess, in that way, which, which can be good. It's more of a, like an open, evolving, ongoing conversation. And like, I, so I don't, I don't think that it necessarily like evolved the wrong way, but I, what I, I miss the, uh, I miss the richness through which I used to discover, um, content on a more regular basis, you know, cause that was like the point of those things. It's like, here's cool visual stuff, you know? And like that happens less and less 
now you know it's like i mean i think that's cool devalued generally right like, yeah yeah maybe so and 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 there's that's not necessarily like a bad thing or a good thing but uh you know obviously like if you grow if you grow up through it and you learn during that period you're gonna you're gonna miss it you yo know? i found photoshop files from an abduzito tutorial on how yeah. to put fire on a ferrari and uh just saying that's not a thing i would try and do anymore <laughs> Oh man, that's, that's how I learned Photoshop Abdezito tutorials, man. Yeah, fire I, effects from scratch. Hell <laughs> yes, give me that. I learned After Effects through Video Copilot. Ooh, it's, it's still a thing too. Andrew actually. Kramer, Andrew Kramer. It's, but dude, that is still a site, and that they, I follow they, him. He's yeah. real good. I've seen him speak at um, what's it called NAB a few times, and that guy's that guy's the the real deal for sure. I don't know how he knows what he knows, uh huh. And the fact that he also doesn't work. Like he's, the he's way a YouTuber. He, yeah, but the way he talks, it's like he must have built this program. You know, like how does he know all these things? <laughs> Some of the things he did build, but okay. not not the Adobe stuff. Right. Just like, like plugins. The and plugins, shit. yeah. Man. He that, just released, he just released a new one. It's real good. It's real cool. It's a it's a it's a great site. They have amazing still. icons and stuff. Oh man. <laughs> a lot of fire and uh 3D yeah. <laughs> flashy lightning stuff, circuit yeah. boards. <laughs> we gotta push forward. Yeah, yeah. You got your master's degree. Uh, well, actually, I didn't. I uh, oh, that different I, order. I uh, no, no. I, I went to school for master's in design, and then I, I dropped out huh? a month before I graduated. Why'd you do that? I had a um, I had a, a book coming out that I needed to finish with um, Chronicle Books, called, which um, was a long time ago. But like, I had to do that, and I had I just uh, joined these other three guys to start Uber conference. But at that time it was called fire spotter. Uh, and it was those three things. And I was like, one of them has to go. How did you have a book coming out? Yeah. What how was did you the get book? to that point? Uh, well, at the <laughs> we, time we must, we, we, we know keep how to, skipping over like a million yeah. things. You've no, done. we know how to join a startup. What, how did you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you <laughs> totally. have a book coming out? Uh, well, so I, it's good, good time because we were talking about the blog. Uh, one of the things like you mentioned, uh, you could write anyone at that time mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I write for this blog. You know, can you, um, I want to do a thing on you, you know, can, do you want to be interviewed? And everyone would say yes. Cause it was like a, you know, it's a popular design blog. And one thing I did, I made an article where I asked 25 people, people that were well known to me at the time, you know, it's like Koi, you mentioned Koi and uh, Eric Speakerman and a few others. Um, and the, the question was very simple. Just like, give me a few sentences on how you get over creative block. And they all did. We made that like a super post and it was uh, very popular. And again, like, relatively at the time you know it was, it was it did well because like you know everybody who had an interest in any one of those people was like oh this is this is a cool thing uh and then they uh they being the publisher saw that post and were like hey uh you know we think that could be turned into a book uh would you be interested in, in doing that and i was like yeah totally awesome i'm in and they're like great so write up a proposal and i was like wait what i thought I thought you... You just proposed me. <laughs> you can't, proposed me. Like, what are you, you talking about? <laughs> I was like, what's a proposal? And they're like, oh, it's just like this long, super document that you have to have, uh, it, which actually ended up not being that crazy. Um, and I did that. And then uh, what they wanted was, they're like, cool, so you had 25 people before. We think it'd be better with 100 and if everybody wrote more. And I was like, what? And so I have, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I, I reached out to thousands of people and because they wanted people, they're like, not just designers, you know, it's like design's cool, but like we want actors, we want musicians, we want chefs, we want writers, we want everybody. Um, and that was hard because I was like, I did like, you know, I, before I just reached out to the people that I sort of knew of, you know, like. Who was the person you were most surprised to get? Uh, 
Eric Speakerman wrote the foreword. That mm-hmm. was very surprising. That's pretty dope. He, uh, before he accepted, he asked if I would come to his house in SF mm-hmm. and talk about it. And uh, he's as, you know, uh, impressive and intimidating in person as you would expect. I was very surprised about that. I had also he lives um, in like Daly City or something, right? His place was in North Beach, the one that, okay. that I went to. But um, yeah, the the one that I I didn't get, but was so close, was uh, Wes Anderson. So I was like, you know, that'd be cool, right? Like Wes Anderson's awesome. Uh And I had this thing at the time, uh, this is like a bad thing to say in, in public, but I will. Cool. Thanks for saying it at the end here. Um, I had a part of what I would do when I was trying to reach out to, um, like really famous people was no one would write me back. Right. Like I'd write their assistant. No one would write me back. I was like, well, maybe if, if my assistant writes their assistant, they like communicate in this like assistant <laughs> communication <laughs> fashion. Amazing. You know? So I made this guy, uh, Stefan. <laughs> you can email him. Stefan at Alex Cornell still still exists. <laughs> and uh, he, he'd say like, you know, hey, uh, Mr. Cornell would very much like to speak to uh, oh Mr. Jackson. And, and it would be great if the two could connect at, at the following, one of the following dates and like in assistant speak, you know. And then their assistant would write back and be like, that's terrific. You know, like, and the reason I had this in the first place was actually previous because my friend had a real assistant and he'd be like, (laughs) hey man, do you want to go to lunch tomorrow? And I'd say, yes, that sounds great. And then I get an email from his assistant and say like, would you like to join him? I'm like, dude, come on. (laughs) Yeah, what what are you doing? So then I made the fake assistant to write his real assistant back and just be like, (laughs) it's just back and forth a bunch as a joke. But then I realized I could use it for this. And, uh, and it, it worked. Like it it was the weirdest thing ever. Like I, I would get reservation. I would call as myself to a uh, spruce in SF. Very hard sometimes to get a reservation. I'd call as Alex. No reservations tonight. Sorry. Mr. Cornell would like very much to come to your restaurant this evening at six o'clock. Uh, it's hard, but yes, we can get you in at 630. How's that sound? No joke. It like puts people in a different mindset, you know, because like why would anyone create a fake assistant, right? Like that's not a reality that anyone <laughs> is expecting. So anyway, the Wes Anderson one went back and forth a bunch and eventually just uh, died, you know, like a, a really anticlimactic death. But that one was classic, very close. Classic Wes Anderson. There was one, um, my favorite, and the publishers uh, weren't as into it, but my favorite person by far was, uh, do you guys know a guy named Matthew Lyons? Does that ring a bell? Okay, no. everybody listening needs to check this guy out. He's an illustrator. His name is Matthew Lyons. You guys put it in the show notes, right? Yeah, yeah. a thing. Um, well, Brian does. Okay, yeah. It's worth it, I promise. It's, he's he's an incredible illustrator and it's just a very unique thinker. Like he, his writing is 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 very different and I was so excited to get him. He's probably he's probably my favorite one. Uh, but it's pretty weird. You know, like it's definitely it's definitely strange. But anyway, so the that's why I dropped out because I was like, I can't do all three. Uh, the last class in master's uh, program is portfolio. Uh, portfolio at that time meant a physical bound book, and I mean, even back then, like that seemed pointless, you know. And and I think uh, I I thought like, well, I already have what appears to be a job in a startup, and there's no point in making a bound portfolio of which I can show to one person at a time. Like that doesn't make any, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I make this thing? You know, that's so much work. That's a lot of work. And like, I was just doing the math. I was like, at most 60 people will ever see this. Like, why don't I just make a website, you know, and then more people will, maybe 65 people. Wow. You're smart. That's like a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, like, have you, have you gotten to 61 visits on your website yet? I'm I'm counting 
every day. We're going to send, we're going to get you a 60, bud. Looking for fame. That's all I care about. Looking for fame <laughs> in all the wrong places. Yeah. But anyway, so that, that, uh, that, that happened back then. And then I joined uh, Firespotter, which was the startup. Which became Uber Conference. Which became Uber Conference, which became Switch, which became Dialpad. Currently Dialpad. Although Uber Conference But the product still is still exists. Uber Conference. Yeah, yeah, still exists. Still has my hold song, I, I believe. People, it's a very binary relationship on uh, Twitter. People, if you, I would almost guarantee you if you search Twitter for Uber Conference, you will see uh, tweets that hate and love. Like it'll, it'll just be a, a mix. It'll be That's like, most good product is like people really <laughs> hate it or really love That's it. That's what I thought. I they're, was like, they're opinionated, right? This is a like, good thing. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like people hate this thing and people love this thing. It's like we hit, we struck a chord. Well, fucking <laughs> Salesforce, right? For example, like people yeah. love Salesforce or people hate right. Salesforce. I feel like the people that hate it have it. Done, they hate the company, yeah, not they the don't product. Know, like they don't use it, and yeah. like, it's it's a different thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what what year was that that you? It was 2012, I think. The book came out in 2011. I joined the company, so it was in in and around there. So from there to Facebook, a year and a half ago, what happened? Uh, yeah. So I was at that company for about about four years, a little little under, um, which was a you know inc- one of the best experiences of of my life. Like going like I think like you said, we all know how to join a startup, but like that experience of a uh, starting the company with these other three guys and like growing it too. At the time when I left, I want to say there were maybe like 80 people there, but I, I misremember this number all the time, but I think it was about 80 and that, now it's grown quite a bit more than that. Um, like that experience of going from zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 50, like all that was so interesting, you know, and like just a really, really fascinating experience. Um, but then eventually, uh, that what we were talking about earlier, the Mario Wii thing, you know, like my, my meter just wasn't, I mean, it's not Mario. It's just Wii sports. Wii sports. <laughs> I thought it was Wii. It wasn't that, was it, it was Wii golf. It wasn't yeah. Mario golf. Yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, like I wasn't really learning as much anymore. Like the, the way I'd moved a little There's bit. There's like two mechanics in the entire game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I love that game. I was so good at it. <laughs> uh, but I, I left, uh, cause I had gotten really into video and I started a company called Moonbase, um, which was like my uh, the the perfect name. It's like I ha- if I'm gonna start my own company, I'm gonna call it exactly what I want to call it. And Moonbase was exactly what I wanted to call it. Uh, and we made startup videos for for companies, marketing videos, mm-hmm. and because that's what I had like gotten good at 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 Uber Conference, and uh, did that for like a year and a half. And then um, it's client work, you know, and like client work is tough. I've, very I'm very tough I've, i did it before like before the startup world you know i d- had done uh what do they call it freelancing so i knew it was hard but it's hard on a different level when you're doing like large-scale projects with with a bigger budget with bigger clients with more people you have to deal with like and that's all that's all no-brainer like i knew all of that but i would for- forgotten Especially movies for startups, like where or yeah. videos where yeah. it's like, here's how we're presenting ourselves to the world for the first right. time. <laughs> yeah, and Whew. who's not going to have an opinion about that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really hard. Um, and then I had never considered going anywhere else. I, at that point, I was like, I, I'm going to do my own thing. Like this is this is now my jam, you know. But at the time, uh, I, I heard from Facebook and 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 I started talking to them around uh, 2004. 14, I want to say. Where are we? I can't remember. A year and a half, basically two years ago. Sure. Right. And at that time, live video was like uh, becoming more of a thing in the. In that the was like Meerkat, Meerkat, Periscope. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, I used both all the time. And what I loved about it was it reminded me of, 
YouTube in the early days, you know, like as a, it's like a new form of expression. And it, and I saw that as like a way to combine my interest being video and that, that medium. And then my expertise, which was design. So I was like, wow, this actually could be really cool. So in over a, lo- a pretty long period of time, I decided that that actually would be a really interesting way to go, you know, cause I, I, I had really worked hard to, to decide to do it my own thing. So I had to spend a lot of time to like untangle that knot. Cause I was a pretty tight knot, you know, to like, to leave the startup that you co-found, start your own company. It's like your own thing. That's like a, that's a, that's a tight knot, you know? So it was, I'm, but you did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like it took a while and I think a lot of it was the recognition of what client work would be and was over a period uh-huh. of time. Right. You know? And I think, but also I think a recognition of that, that period of time too, like, and where the world was and where Facebook was too, like just generally in that space and in that medium, that was, it seemed like a really interesting time to work on that specific problem, you know, and it has continued to be. It's the sure. only thing I've worked on there. I mean, that was right, right about when you joined up too, right? I think you yeah, joined a few months after it. Yeah. yeah. But, but very, very close. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we we started this podcast two years ago. This is the first episode we've recorded since our like two year anniversary. I remember. So it was like right about that time you started talking to them. I listened to your guys' podcast when I worked at Moonbase, I remember. Mm. And I would I w- had worked out of my basement and I remember listening to The Moon to Basement? It, the Moon. <laughs> Oddly enough, that's the first time anybody's ever made that. Are you kidding yeah. me? I feel like really sad. And it was me. It wasn't yeah. Bryn. <gasps> wow. But the record reflect. You, over two years, you've really come along on your puns. It's kind of amazing. I've never, that's never been said. Never been, words have never been spoken. Fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the moon basement. But I remember, yeah, it was, uh, it was right around the same time that you guys started doing this thing. Because that was like way back. You mentioned the Kevin Rose episode. I think it was like way back. That was episode like 20 or something. Okay. Yeah. It may have even been before that then. But yeah, props. Man. Props Thanks. for keeping it going. <laughs> Props for keeping on going at Facebook, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what Thank keeps you. you up at night? Dude, uh, literally, nope. this is probably not we the want, answer you want. We don't, no. No, Meta- no, no. <laughs> metaphorically, This though. is good. This is uh, this is metaphorically and, and literally. Oh. I, good. yesterday, had uh, one of those experiences where you dream the next day, like mm-hmm. you, you have a dream about the next day. Um, and I like kind of woke up and I was like, oh man, that was crazy. Like I just did everything that I'm planning to do the next day. I should write all of this down. I was like, no, no, it's cool. Like, you know, because it's already the next day. Like I was in this very strange state and then I woke up and I realized that it had all been a dream, but I only remembered one of the things, but it was, it was super bizarre because I had actually solved or at least thought I did all the problems that I had to solve today. And I only remembered one, but that one thing was right. Like it was like the right thing. And I'd never had an experience like that. So the answer was like, I literally these days, I think like I mentioned, I I spend most and all of my time on focusing on work um, in a way that, uh, that I know is, I know what burnout is. I know what that feels like. And it's not that I've, I've experienced that before. Um, And so if, if there's anything that keeps me up, it's just, if I'm thinking about a problem hard enough, it'll bleed into the sleepy time into the dream state. Yeah. But I wouldn't say there's anything else anymore, which is, uh, which I actually like. That's a good place to be, man. Yeah. It's weird though. Right. I mean, I thought about that even when, when I was coming over here, I was like, man, there used to be a day where I could say like, Oh, I'll tell you eight side projects that I have that I could talk for hours about. And so now it's like, that was a month ago. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But also everybody knows side projects are cool. Yeah, you should do them if you want. <laughs> that that is a phrase, right? <laughs> like you should do them if you want. Well, it's one of those things where it's like 
it, it's just become like a fancy word for hobby or mm-hmm. interest. You know, it's like, it's not to me one of those things that's like groundbreaking in any way. It's like, I have a plan for you. Like you should do something on the side, you know, it's like, <laughs> unless there's something on the side that speaks. Like, I feel yeah, like yeah. there's no one's going to hear that advice and be like, oh, you're right. I should do something on the side. Like, I feel like you either have a side interest or you do not, you know. I love it. People do try to force them. So I'm, I'm, that was a well phrasing. Like, if you want to, if you have a thing, if you want cool, to, yeah. do that thing. Yeah, but if like the people that force it, it's like, that's going to be a bad project. Oh, but, yeah. You know, for sure. I would not want. I've been in that seat a lot of times. <laughs> Remember that time I said I did music? That was a bad side project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're well over time. Right on. Thanks so much for hanging out. Of course, man. Great time. It was super Great fun. Great time hanging with you guys. Yeah. Good times. That was episode 181. Thank you to Alex for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave us a review on iTunes. Every bit of feedback you send us helps us improve the show, helps us get better at what we're doing. It also helps new people discover the show. Every rating on iTunes uh, moves us up the charts so new people like yourself around the world can discover the show, helps us grow. So if you have a moment, uh, open your podcast app on your phone and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. What if they don't have the podcast app? Then go to your computer, open iTunes, and search for design details. You can write a quick review. Again, that helps us move up the charts, helps the show keep growing, helps keep this possible. Uh, So we really appreciate that. If you've already left us an iTunes review, and if you haven't yet, and you have a minute, we'd appreciate it. And of course, all of this that you're listening to is part of the Spec Network, which is a collection of podcasts and blogs and content aimed at helping designers and developers level up. All of it is possible through sponsors, who help fuel the shows. And right now we're looking for more sponsors specifically for the show. If you or your product or your team or company is interested, hit us up. We're at spec.fm slash sponsors to learn more, or you can just message Brenner or I. We'd love to work with you. Thank you for all the support. We'll see you next week.